0: Hello, and welcome to episode 100 of Songs for the Struggling Artist, the blogcast. This is the 100th episode. I will tell you more things about that in a moment. Uh, but I'm just going to go ahead and read you the blog, which is actually about this being the 100th episode. So <laughs> here it is. Without further ado, this blog is called 100th Episode. This blog will mark a milestone in my podcasting experience. When I record this blogcast, in other words, right now, it will be my 100th episode. One of my favorite podcasts just celebrated their 100th episode and while I definitely won't be renting the palladium in London for the show the way they did and I can tell you right up front that Emma Thompson won't be making a surprise appearance as she did there at the palladium it does feel important to acknowledge that a milestone has been reached it seems that a little podcasting reflection is in order and maybe some cake this might call for cake A number of factors contributed to the beginning of this particular arm of my artistic life. The first was that it occurred to me that the blog I was writing might be inaccessible to some who would want to read it. That is, I initially thought of the podcast as a way to bring the blog to those who might not be able to access it. This is a little example of how making things more accessible can actually be creatively stimulating. The other factor was hearing Manoush Zamorodi's story about her journey into podcasting. Hearing how she felt that podcasting allowed her to more authentically use her voice and become part of a feminist podcasting revolution was the push I needed to get my podcasting idea off the ground. When I started, it was a total experiment and I wasn't convinced it was a great idea. It's not as if tons of people turned up to listen to it. Sometimes it seemed like only my boyfriend was listening. But his enthusiasm for the project was sufficient to keep me going. Also the fancy podcasting mic he got me. And even 100 episodes in, I still don't have a lot of listeners. Anchor tells me I average five listens per episode. That's not a lot of people, really. So I can't really measure the success of this enterprise in numbers. I mean, I could, but it would be depressing. What I can track are the little impacts that the podcast has had on me. Number one, it generated four albums worth of songs last year. Every single song I recorded, I recorded for the podcast. And those songs were also what got me through the year of shock following the election of 2016. Number two. I've developed a lot more facility with sound and editing and recording and such over the last 100 episodes. That facility made it so much easier, smoother, and quicker to create a voiceover reel recently. Without all of those episodes behind me, a project that might have taken weeks or months took me a few days. Number three. 100 episodes of the Songs for the Struggling Artist podcast has given me the confidence to start an entirely different podcast. One that may even have a broader appeal than this one. (laughs) Weirdly, struggling artists are not a great target market. So stay tuned for my podcast for children. Okay, technically I've already launched it. I'll tell you more about it later. But meanwhile, you can check it out on my website. Anyway, I'm not stopping at 100 episodes. I'm not sure why I'm not stopping. I guess I like it. And I like being able to make the blog accessible to those who can't or don't read it. So I will continue for as long as it continues to please me. And I'm going to have some cake in my podcast's honor. Yes, I am getting cake. In fact, I got cake. I went and I specifically bought a podcast cake. I will take its picture and I will put it on the Songs for the Struggling Artist Facebook page. Maybe I'll post it on the blog too. I don't know. We'll see where it goes. But yeah, I went on a crazy search for cake. I really wanted, there's this amazing bakery out in Flushing in Queens. um, That is really the cake that I had in mind, but I was not. In Flushing, I was in Manhattan. Um, But so I thought, oh, I'll just go to like a Korean bakery in Koreatown and maybe I'll get something similar. And I couldn't find anything um, because I wanted to go to a place where they would like write on the cake, uh, which I did not find. But I went into this one place and they were like, oh, do you like cheesecake? There's like a really popular, new kind of fun, funky cheesecake place down the street. So I went there. So we're going to try the, she said it's a little bit viral, this cheesecake. And I don't think she meant that in a bad way. I think she meant that it is very popular. <laughs> not that it has diseases. <laughs> Lord, I hope not. Anyway, uh, so there is, there is cheesecake in my future today. I am going to eat that cheesecake. I bought, myself, I bought myself some cake and I'm going to eat it in honor of this podcast. Um, yeah, so you'll see that picture on the Facebooks if you would like. Um the other thing I want to tell you about is uh what I'm going to do is I actually've already launched the new podcast. Um it's for young people. Uh this one is not. I mean, it is. It, it too, it's for everybody, but you know, I do a fair amount of swearing, so it's not particularly young for particularly young people. Um but this one is a as a there's a novel I've been working on writing for for young ones. Um, and so I'm reading it chapter by chapter and hoping to get some feedback from young people themselves. And so that has launched. I have read a few chapters just to kind of get it off the ground a bit. Sometimes it's hard to get into a book until you can like really get into it. So, um, I think there's five chapters up now or four, four or five. I can't remember which, but something like that. Um, so anyone is welcome to listen to it. You don't have to actually be a young person, um, but I really am curious to hear from young people about their experience of it. So it is a work in progress, as a, as am I, as are we all. <laughs> so what I'm going to do, um, my boyfriend convinced me to uh, make a trailer for it. Um, so what I'm going to do is like I'm going to do like they do on all of the public radio podcasts that I listen to where they play trailers for their other podcasts on their podcasts, except for I'm the, both people. I'm both the, the show and the sh- other show. So I'm playing a trailer for my own show. Um, the other show, though, and it's called Reading the Library Book. Um, it should be on iTunes. I was able to get it on iTunes, but it weirdly said it's not available in this country. So I don't know. It may not be available in your country, but push past it if you can, if, if iTunes is the way that you get your podcasts, but it is definitely on Stitcher and on a bunch of other podcast apps that I have never heard of before. Um, yeah. So reading the library book is what it's called. I'd love for you to listen to it. And here is the trailer in a moment. Because what I'm going to do is I'm going to play you this trailer and then I might just go right into um, the song. And the song is, um, well, first, I I was trying to think of songs that had 100 in it, in them, and uh, I could not think of a single one. There's a lot of 500 songs like, I would walk 500 miles in high you know that one and then um, there's the Peter Paul and Mary 500 miles 500 it's always 500 I don't know what the I don't know why we can't worry about a hundred miles but apparently 500 miles is is just too darn far that's why people sing about 500 miles as opposed to hundred miles I guess it's no big deal I don't know anyway I couldn't think of a single song that featured a hundred so um, I did not uh, I don't have one of those here um, I was l- working on putting one of the um, lullabies that I've written for uh, babies that I know. Um, but last minute, I uh, wrote a brand new lullaby. Um, I was trying to think of what songs I could sing outside a detention center um, for detained children, separated children, etc. And um, I just ended up writing a song. <laughs> uh, so like in the space of an afternoon, basically the song just kind of popped in, said, I would like to be born, please. Um, I worked on it and then recorded it in, in a couple of hours, a few hours. Um, and then I just put it right on up. So I'm going it, to play it here. I'm trying to raise a little bit of money for the Women's Refugee Project. Uh, sorry, Women's Refugee Commission. Um, so, um, I charge, I'm charging more for it than I, I would otherwise, just so that I don't have to send them like a donation of like $5 (laughs) so that I can actually send them a bigger chunk of change because I, I know how selling music on the internet goes. Um, you know, it's usually pretty spotty. So, so far I've raised $20, which is not so bad or actually a little less than 20, but I'm going to send them 20 anyway. (laughs) Um, anyway, so that's on my website. My website is emilyrainbowdavis.com and it's under Lullabies for Lost Children under the music category. Anyway, if that's interesting to you, check it out. But I'm going to play the song for you here also. So I'm going to stop talking. I'm going to play you this trailer for reading the library book, my new podcast. And then I'm going to put in uh, the new song, which is called Lost Lullaby. And um, if you are a Spanish speaker, do let me know because i'm I'm working on translating it uh, into Spanish. Um, and I also would love to hear any lullabies that you were sung as a child if you are a Spanish speaker. So, okay, here here is the trailer, followed by the song.
1: Why was the library empty at two o'clock?
0: That sentence was written by the very first listener of the library book, and it is a perfect teaser to what's in store. In this podcast, I'll share with you one chapter of the library book every week. And as you listen, I'd like to hear what you think, what your questions are. When listening to the library book, you can be a part of the writing process. This is the story. If this book existed in print, this is what would be written on the back. Leandra spends most of her time in her local library. When the library's books and librarians vanish, Leandra sets off on a quest to find them. Following a mysterious trail of red leaves through a leaf pile, she discovers Akita, the fantastical global library where libraries come in all shapes and sizes. With her new friend, Eamon, the wandering librarian, and his library, a camel, Leandra investigates the disturbing trend of all kinds of books and libraries disappearing. Are those her books paved into the ballroom floor? And what are those strange books wrapped in burlap and twine that seem to send people to inhospitable places as soon as they open them? Who is behind the cryptic messages and illustrations that keep appearing in her library book? Is it the chair? Or reclusive author Dorothea Crane? The fate of all of them rests in one young girl's book-loving hands.
1: to my baby in the town in the country in the wild earth please hold up my baby water replenish my child Even if we're afraid Even if the world changes those plans that we made Even in the dark Even in a storm Our love will keep us warm in the wild Earth, please hold up my baby water replenish my In the town, in the country, in the wild, in the town, in the country, in the wild.